All right. You know what it is. You know who it is. We're back. Episode 33 of the Fight Cast. Happy birthday to Jake. How old are you, Jake? 39. 39. Life's best years are ahead of him. Got a lot of stuff working. I'm in my physical prime. Hitting his physical prime. I'm in my physical and sexual prime. (laughs) I was just watching, uh, speaking of both of those, I was watching Ric Flair, 30 for 30. Yeah. Dude. (laughs) He is a savage. He is absolutely. He said he drank 10 beers and like seven margaritas or martinis a day for like 10 years. Man. And he said he's been with over 10,000 women. It's insane. Woo! <laughs> but anyway. It sounds like a lot of, yeah, honestly, it sounds exhausting. It really does. It sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> um, but episode 33, happy birthday, Jake. If you guys are in the LA area, check out Immortals Boxing, which is going to be opening in September. A lot of cool stuff. Follow it on Instagram. We'll shout out the Instagram at the end, too. Um, if you want to get your boxing on. We're going we're gonna to have some cool stuff coming forward in person in L.A. and uh, online through some cool stuff. I think we'll, we'll get into that in the future. But we got uh, a lot of fight news, UFC stuff, boxing stuff. There's a uh, good weekend at UFC for being a fight night. Um, a lot of controversy. And then uh, I actually had a couple of guys who fought. Not Well, not me personally. I trained the guys at the gym. So it was cool to kind of see them fight. So we'll go over that stuff. Uh, new UFC news. Gonna go over some uh, bare knuckle just because it's uh, Paige Van Zandt, and we'll, we'll talk about that. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, yeah. So this past weekend we had UFC Fight Night. It was uh, headlined by TJ Dillashaw and Corey Sanhagen. Um, this card overall could be summed up by controversy, to say the least. And uh, it was a it was a comeback card kind of night. Everybody who won uh, theoretically. One on a comeback if you were, you know, scoring it that way or watching the fight from the beginning. Um, there was a lot of bad decisions. And uh, I wasn't – we'll get to the, to the end and we'll talk about those. But the first fight I want to talk about was my guy Randy Costa versus Andrew Yanez. Uh, Randy, unfortunately, lost, but he looked fucking good in the first round. He came out firing on all cylinders. He was using his jab. He pieced up Yanez, um, cut him early. I think he busted his nose up, and uh, he was easily winning that first round. Uh, he said he got caught with uh, something in the liver at the end of the first round, and then he kind of just shelled up at the beginning or like midway through the second round and then got clipped with an uppercut and went down, and that was the fight. Um, Randy's got a lot of potential. I'm definitely excited to see him. Yanez looked a lot better than the last time I saw him. Um, but definitely Randy, I, I think he's got a, a big future ahead of him and, uh, I'm definitely excited to keep watching him, but Yanez earned the win, looked really good. And I'm definitely excited to see what he does, especially in that division, because that division starting to uh, heat up as well, which is the 135 division. So next, uh, the next guy we had was Brendan Allen versus Puna Hele Soriano and his nickname is Puna or Puna, something like that. Um, Brendan Allen looked like a top five fighter in the middleweight division. And I'm not just saying that from, because I trained him. He, uh, you know, he looked good. He was great on the feet. He took some shots and this guy Soriano has got a big right hand and that's really all he had. 
Um, it looked like he was looking for that knocked out knockout early. And Brendan had the perfect, uh, he had the perfect game plan. He kept hitting this dude with kicks to the stomach. And I don't know if that was uh, Jason's idea, his coach, one of the striking coaches, the guy who was in his corner. Um, but that was a perfect game plan. He came out hitting him in the stomach early. And then those kicks just added up. And you can see midway through the second round, uh, Soriano was gassed and he was breathing out of his mouth. He was moving slow. His hands were lowering. And Brendan Allen was, was piecing him up. Um, Brendan is usually, I don't want to say usually known for his ground game, but like he likes to go to the ground. And uh, he, I don't even think he attempted a takedown the entire fight. So seeing the improvement that he had on his hand or on his feet, you know, with his hands was, was huge. And he, uh, he called out, I think, Sean Strickland, who he lost to already and who's fighting this weekend. So I'd love to see that fight. I, I think Brendan should be aiming a little bit higher. He looks really good. Um, but we'll see what happens. And I'm excited to see what happens for him in the future. Uh, it was it was a great fight. And he again, he showed out. So he's, he's going to be one to keep your eye on moving forward. Um, after that, we had uh, the first controversial card of the night uh, or fight of the night, I should say. Um, Macy Barber versus Miranda Maverick. It was in a weird fight because I don't, Macy Barber is coming off of two losses and I don't think she performed as well as she needed to. And she got the win last night. She didn't, she didn't perform as well as she needed to last time. And I think she needed to come out and actually make a statement to, to, you know, show that she's actually like the quote unquote, the future, which is her nickname. And I don't think she did at all. Uh, I think she got dominated a lot by Maverick. Uh, the only thing I saw here that led me to believe that Barber would have won was she was aggressive towards the end. And in the third round, she was aggressive. Um, but Maverick couldn't really get inside on her and hit her. But other than that, she didn't get a lot of good, sh like, clean shots in. But if you watch that fight, and I think everybody who watched that fight even Cormier was saying it on the, on the broadcast. Uh, I think it was two rounds to one easily for Maverick. And I think you could have made the argument that it was three rounds to zero for Maverick. So for Macy Barber to win that fight, I don't think it was a, a great decision on the judges part. And I wasn't sure what they were watching the whole night because the fight before that, which I didn't pick um, was Kyler Phillips versus Raleigh and Paiva. And uh, that was another odd decision. I thought that, you know, I, I know Kyler Phillips got knocked around the second round, um, but Paiva, you know, he got hit hard. I think he, I, you know, I don't think he won that fight either. Um, like I said, this whole card was it was really odd with the judges' scorecards, and, and they just – I don't know that they were watching the same fights as everybody else because um, Macy Barber, you know, I think she did well. I think she definitely had a better fight as opposed to her last fight, because she was aggressive with her hands. She was going for takedowns. She had a lot of advantageous positions, but she didn't really do a lot with the positions on the ground. And when she did get there, she kind of got, uh, I wouldn't say manhandled, but she got pushed around on the ground. So whatever happens, I think Macy Barber is a big enough name that, you know, this is, they maybe wanted to push her, whatever happened. I don't know, but you know, Macy Barber's coming up now. She, she got that win back on her belt and, um, you know, I'll be excited to see what she's going to do next. I don't remember what they asked her after the fight or what she's looking to do, um, but I'm sure they're going to put her up against somebody who's uh, 
going to give her another test because I, I think after this fight, she needs to definitely, I think she needs to go out. She needs, again, like a convincing win for me to say that. Um, I, I guess she got the win, so it doesn't really matter. There's nothing to say anymore. But I, I, just, I, I think whoever she puts, they put against her could uh, hurt her. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Then the last fight of the night. So this was capped by, again, with another weird judging decision. Um, Corey Sanhagen, TJ Dillashaw. This is Dillashaw's first fight back from a two-year suspension from being on uh, steroids. He got popped uh, after his last title fight, and he was on EPOs, and there's a lot of back and forth as to whether, you know, he should even be back, and um, just the a lot that went on with him, and he was in the, the spotlight for a lot of reasons, one being with uh, Connor, the other being with leaving Team Alpha Male, who he was on before with Uriah Faber and Cody Garbrandt. And a lot of his, uh, you know, title defense and all that stuff was, uh, it was very, um, very much in the news because of like how he went about it. And he left his team to go to a different coach and he got better. And I don't think there should ever be a knock on somebody for leaving for a better situation if they think it's going to be a better situation. But I wasn't a fan of him getting popped for steroids. So him coming back, I wasn't necessarily rooting for the guy. I think he's a good fighter. Um, and Sam Hagen's shown a lot the last couple of fights. And this, this was the, the confused fight. If you look at that fight at the end of the fight and you look at TJ Dillashaw and you look at Corey Sandhagen, I don't know if you watched this at all, but it was some bullshit. Yeah. Sandhagen so, beat the fucking shit out of him. Dillashaw was caught, bloodied, um, didn't look at the end of the fight as if he won the fight. And Sandhagen, you know, looked in control, um, was clean didn't have anything on his face and they gave the decision to Dillashaw. Now I will say this. I am not upset with the decision because I think that Dillashaw did enough the entire fight moving forward. And I think that Sandhagen, and, and if there was anything that. What did he do? So I explain this to me. Cause I don't understand. Other than the Dillashaw had all those takedowns. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's like, okay. I know that those are scored, but that, what I saw was Dillashaw getting these takedowns and yeah. then Sanhagen re recovering very quickly yeah. off just about every single one of them. Right. And then getting back on his feet and then continuing to pop them. So I don't, to me, that that's the scores don't make, don't make sense. That decision doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I think so. I, I, thinking about the fight after, I think that Dillashaw showed a lot after getting fucking popped coming back. Like, not popped in steroids, but, like, he got cut. He got destroyed. He got kneed in the yeah. And I think that he did a lot. And I think we've talked about this in boxing is, like, I think Dillashaw controlled the pace of the fight, the entire fight. And I think that Sandhagen was fighting off his back foot a lot. And he looked good still doing it. But I think that Dillashaw was given yeah. a lot of pressure the entire fight. Um, no matter what he was moving forward, I think he reacted well once he got hit. And I think he gave Sandhagen a lot back. Um, I don't necessarily think that TJ and the other thing was, is he was always moving into advantageous positions. And I think that was something that they saw. And I don't know how many takedowns he specifically got, but a lot of the time when he did push forward, he ended up on Sandhagen's back and he did it with relative ease, to be honest. Yeah. And the only, like I said, I think TJ was pushing forward a lot. Sandhagen was fighting by stepping back a lot 
and Dillashaw was really controlling the fight, even when he was getting touched up. Well, he was controlling, like you said, he was controlling the pace. Yeah. I, I don't know that he was controlling the actual fight. Yeah, yeah. Because it and, seemed like San Diego was pretty comfortable moving back and moving laterally. And it looked he like... Land, he was fucking lean. He landed a ton of shots up. Yeah, yeah. And, and Dillashaw was getting tagged. And like I said, it looked, you know... I guess I'm not totally upset with it because of how TJ handled the whole fight because he definitely because fought. of the pressure. I guess I mean I could see the, that. So so he put on pressure the whole okay. The pressure, you know, he 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 did hit Sandhagen uh you know, he got him I wouldn't say as many times, but he got him um a couple times and like again with the, the positions of wrestling, he did get some takedowns, even if Sandhagen did get up, they are takedowns. Um, you know, in my eyes. Sanhagen did get bodied a little bit in the fight. Like he did get taken down. He did look a little bit sloppy. He was trying to be a little bit flashy. Like I thought he was going to be. And um, it did cost him a couple of times. And I think that also could have been it because there's a couple of times that Sanhagen tried to do like some crazy kicks and some crazy punches and reverse punches and whatnot. And he, every time he did that, Dillashaw read it like a book and, and took him down or dodged it and then just took him down right after. And Dillashaw definitely had a couple clean takedowns that he timed like on the money. Like it was. So, so hold on. I'm looking at the, the fight stats right mm -hmm. now. Okay. Sanhagen landed one, 128 significant strikes to TJ's 110. Okay. He landed 171 total strikes to TJ's 169. TJ Dillashaw had two successful takedowns, according to this, okay. out of 19. Okay. They must have not counted some of those. So how the fuck? Bro, like, the numbers say that the numbers say that Sanhagen won, clearly. He was yeah. more accurate. 45% of his shots landed to Dillashaw's 41. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Yeah. No, like I said, I, I, I think Sanhagen – It looked to me – I get for, from, from a guy who is used to watching guys stand up and land shots and counter shots. It yeah. looked to me like TJ Dillon. So got the shit beat out of him. Yeah. That's what it looked like to and me. I think, I think San Hagen should have won that fight. Now, like I said, I saw enough from Dill from, or what did I say? I think San Hagen should have won that fight. Sorry. I don't know. I think I said that, but um, I think San Hagen should have won that fight. But after watching the fight, I think Dillashaw did enough of like, the moving forward and the, the pressuring him. And I think he kind of a little bit and enough pushed Sanhagen around and like forced the tempo enough to look, to make that fight look different than it should have been. And I think with, with the way that the judges scored the entire night and seeing as there was a lot of fucking controversy within the other, the other couple fights that were there, um, it looked like they were coming for the comeback story. Like every single fight was the person who came back or started the fight um, besides Costa, Costa's fight, who was uh, a TKO in the second round, every other fight was like a comeback winner. The guy who... Who are these people, though, that judge these fights? I don't know. I don't. I, they, again, like, like I said about the boxing judges, they, you know, you shouldn't be judging the shit if you never fought before. Like, who the... Yeah. What, you know, what are, they're looking for a comeback story? And, I, and I, again, okay, so I guess TJ Dillashaw, he, he was pressuring him. I guess if you're a judge, it's like, hey, man, he was pushing this guy around and moving him around. But, oh, okay, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, if you know anything about fighting, you got you, you, and your your eyeballs are functioning. I mean, this dude got the shit beat out of him, that's, bro. That's the other thing. It's like, for, for me, 
it's 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 tough watching that because like that was I don't think by any means any of the judge I don't think the judges picked one single decision right the entire night like I I think every single decision they were well except for Elkins but uh and we're like, correct know, me if I'm wrong but weren't the scores two two of them had at 49 47 uh for TJ and then one had at 49 47 for Sanhagen the, yeah, the, it was uh hold on, let me see if I can find the actual scores but it was because that's fucking was, weird how how did those how are those three judges so far off I don't know. I mean, I think the biggest thing was, um, let me see, judges score. Let's see, official scorecard. I need a Jamie. Yo, Jamie, pull this out. <laughs> um, all right, so Derek clearly, who Probably should have his. Oh, no, no, clearly. Okay, so Derek clearly picked the fight 48 47 in favor of Sandhagen, which again, I still think Sandhagen won more than just one. So they're saying, so Derek clearly said that it was three to two uh, in terms of Sandhagen. Sal D'Amato said it was three two in terms of Dillashaw, which was 48 47. And then Junchiro Camijo said it was three to two in favor of Dillashaw, 48-47. So it was unanimous the first round. The second round it was unanimous for Sandhagen. The third round was unanimous for Dillashaw. The fourth round, Clear, Cleary and D'Amato picked for Sandhagen and Camijo picked for Dillashaw, and then the fifth round clearly picked for Sandhagen, and the other two picked for uh, Dillashaw. So uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't disagree with it either because I I did see a lot of like I guess heart out of Dillashaw, and he I, I don't know. But I think Dillashaw again. I, I think this was a push to get Dillashaw into the into the back into the title race because there's a lot of good fights to be made with Dillashaw and Sandhagen. I, 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 let, let me tell you this. For all the shit that Dana White talks about boxing and the politics and the corruption of boxing, that shit right there, like, oh, we want a comeback story, that's some bullshit. I mean, that's the that's, only thing I can, that's the only thing yeah, I can think of. But no, no, but it, it, do, it does seem that way because, again, TJ was a big name yeah. a few years ago. That's some fucking, that's some garbage. It is. Believe me, it is. Because uh, I tell you what, if Hart if Hart meant anything in terms of fucking scoring a fight, then that dude that Sean O'Malley beat the fucking shit out of would have won that fight. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Like I, I guess if Joe Rogan scored the fight, he would have won. Yeah, <laughs> he was super impressed. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> oh man, but yeah. So again, I think this this card was uh, reeked of uh, controversy. There's a lot going back that you see but um i think sandhagen probably should have realized that going into this fight that he should have went for the finish um i don't know that he didn't go for the finish because dillashaw was there the entire fight and he was getting pieced up but uh it's just one of those things i think you gotta watch out because i think the judges going into that are looking for sandhagen to prove that dillashaw wasn't better and i guess in the judge's eyes he didn't he didn't do that enough so 
whatever happens, you know, Dillashaw is going to come. And again, now from this, there's a lot of big fights to be made with Dillashaw. And I'm, I'm more than assuming that was the reason why, because Cody Garbrandt's back into the picture. He wants a rematch with Dillashaw. Um, Triple C is talking about, uh, which is Henry Cejudo. He's talking about coming back and fighting Dillashaw again, who he already beat Dillashaw. Um, those are huge fights. Like those are all huge fights that you don't get with Corey Sandhagen. That's all. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens with Sandhagen. I think he's going to be a lot better because of this and, and kind of like step his game up even more. Um, Cause I really think he was one of the best in the division. I think that, you know, after this, he's going to realize like, he's got to, you, you can't let the judges, you know, sometimes you can't let the judges score it because this, yeah. this is the shit that happens. Um, this upcoming weekend, uh, we got Uriah Hall's back in the ring. Um, last time he was out there was uh, Chris Weidman broken leg night, which sucked. Um, but Uriah Hall has been looking really good his last last couple fights. I've been seeing a lot of his highlights because I obviously I've watched them before, but a lot of his highlights from his um, contender series days. And that dude was a savage, and he was just knocking people out with everything. Um, and he's been one of those guys that have. Um, He's one of those dudes that they just hook on the potential is like, if, if this just had, he's like Blake Griffin or, or Ben Simmons. It's like, if he just had a jump shot, he'd be the best player in the league, but he just doesn't ever get the jump shot. And then, you know, he just falls off, but Uriah Hall seems to be putting the things together mentally and physically. Um, and he's a scary fighter when he does, and he's fighting a dude, Sean Strickland, who um, is very good um, is known for his like talking and um he's 23 and 3 he's had a good little run here and i think he's won his let me see oh he fought jacko oh he beat jacko he's on a three fight win streak or no four fight win streak he's beating some big names he's beaten uh brendan allen he beat jacko or one of our guys that we train uh and uh he's about to fight uriah hall now i think uriah hall is um again i think he's a underdog in the middleweight division. I think with a win here, he's going to launch himself up and he's 36. And I think that this is kind of his last chance to get himself a title shot. Um, and I think he would be an exciting name to fight Izzy because again, after this Izzy fight, I don't really know where he's going to go because uh, he's basically fought everybody and beat everybody in the division already. So I could see Uriah Hall taking this win in style. I think he's going to knock him out in the second round. And I think he's going to put his name right up there. Um, in the division to fight Izzy. And I think that'll be a really exciting fight because I think Uriah Hall, like I said, is one of the most underrated strikers in the UFC because he's creative, he's strong, he's big. And I think that uh, Izzy would have a lot of problems with him, but see what happens. I'm going to call a second round TKO. And uh, yeah. So in other news, uh, actually let's talk about this and then we'll talk about the other thing. So bare knuckle boxing, uh, the basically only fans fight of the night was uh, Paige Van Zant versus Rachel, Rachel Ostrovich. They paid Paige Van Zant, uh, I think it was like $4 million or a million dollars at least. I know that. And she had some ridiculous signing bonus. And she's lost two fights in bare knuckle boxing handily without anything. Like there's no debate on either end. Um, so Paige and Rachel fought in the UFC, I, think, I want to say like three or four years ago, um, and Paige beat her. And then what happened was uh, Paige <clears throat> kind of got bodied in the UFC, beat a bunch of times. She left. And I don't know if you guys know Paige Van Zandt, but she was like 
uh, I mean, a lot of people think she was only in the UFC because she's a good looking girl. Um, there was a couple times that she had some good fights, but other than that, she really, she got, she was like a rag doll in the UFC. She got beat up a lot and she kind of transitioned out, wasn't in anything for a little bit. She went to, uh, I think she tried to go to one or she went to some other promotion ended up going to bare knuckle boxing, which is a weird shift for her because she was never really like a boxer. And uh, she made the transition strict into boxing, signed a huge deal with bare knuckle boxing. And it was like the biggest deal I've ever had. And she was like, essentially going to be the face of it. She lost her first fight, got her ass whooped second fight against Rachel Oshevich, who was, it was her bare, uh, bare knuckle debut, got her ass beat again. And uh, just wasn't, didn't look good at all. And I don't know if you guys watch bare knuckle. I've been paying attention to it a little bit. Cause it's um, I went to a couple fights and like in a couple of the, just paying attention to, it, I guess, just cause it's um, another fight sport. I'm not really a big fan of it and I'm losing interest fast. Um, but again, it was just a big name, something interesting to watch. And uh, she, she got her ass whooped. I don't know if you saw it at all, um, but I think it's a disgrace to boxing. Let's just put it that way. Um, last little bit of news in the UFC. Uh, I'm excited for this fight. We got Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington round two, November. Um, they're talking about this being in New York City at Madison Square Garden. Uh, I don't know exactly where it's going to be yet, but I think this is going to be the biggest fight of the year, and I'm predicting an upset. We'll get down to that when it comes to November. And Usman's going to smash that dude. I don't know. That dude, Colby, he can't fight, man. I think that, Colby- dude's, that dude's one of those dudes that, that listen – He's tailor made to get beat the fuck up by Usman, who Usman is is a pretty stiff dude. He reminds me, he's like a miniature version of fucking Ngannou, where he's yeah. just like so muscular that everything comes out super stiff and yeah. they're easy to hit, but they carry a ton of power. So when you got a guy like Covington who doesn't fucking move at all and he's known for getting out of fights with fucking his face fucked, he's tailor made to get just his head fucking taken off. Yeah. That's what's gonna happen. Well, listen, I think I think Covington and he's got short ass arms too. <laughs> he's he's did you, get did you ever watch the first fight? Yeah, yeah. So so that was one of the best fights I've ever seen. And I think honestly, going into the second round or the uh, fifth round, it was two two. Um, obviously, Covington and or um, Usman ended up winning that fight by just pure fucking grit, and he just started piecing up. Covington, you know, and I think Covington's jaw obviously got to him and things like that. But uh, I really think it's going to be a different fight. Um, I like what I saw from Covington the last couple fights, and I, I think he's. Uh, I'm, I'm just excited for. It. I think it's going to be one of the best fight fights. Last? Uh, he fought uh, Tyron Woodley, and he. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He uh, broke his rib or whatever he did, and basically tapped Woodley out. Woodley um, did not look good. But he looked. It, uh, Covington's looked really good so i'm definitely excited for this fight i'm, I'm ready to I'm, I'm ready for it i can't wait for it um but that's really it no other big ufc news um except for Derek lewis so yeah next next week we got Derek lewis which i'm fucking hyped for um oh i just found out like yesterday that Derek lewis is 36 yeah he's old dude damn bro you have to be the ufc champion and fucking retire <laughs> 36 years old carrying around that weight like that that's rough bro dude he, did I, I told you about the last interview he had right about the at the fight with connor and dustin i, I don't think i don't know 
Oh, they were like, they were like, so Derek, how are you feeling right now? Like, how's the weight and everything? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm obese right now. He's like, I'm extremely obese. He's like, I'm almost 300 pounds. He's like, but we'll get there. <laughs> they asked him about the bill and he was like, so he, he got interviewed before the, maybe like a month and a half in May, actually, because I was home, I think when I read, when I listened to the interview, um, they were asking him about like the championship and like his, his feelings about the belt and whatnot. And he's like, he's like, I don't care about the belt. Like, I, I don't know. He's like, I just want to fight as long as they keep paying me. All right. He's like, I'll keep fighting. Um, and then right after the Dustin fight, they interviewed him again. And he was like, uh, he's like, well, last time I said, I didn't care about the belt. Well, my manager told me that's not a good thing. He's like, so I'm so excited to fight for the belt. He's like, I can't wait. He's like, I'm going to win it. And he was like, I hope that was good. And then he just stopped talking about it. Um, I just, I, I see Derek Lewis as like the story of the kid who accidentally like goes to the Olympics or like, you ever hear Like, I don't know. I, there's a story yeah. specifically in my head, but he kind of like mistakes himself into the like biggest point ever. Yeah. Um, just kind of, uh, I just love it. I love it. And I think Derek Lewis is hilarious. And I, I think he's a good fighter too. He's not a bad fighter. Like I yeah. think he's a very good fighter. He's just sloppy and he's just lazy. And, uh, but he's got, I think he, I think they said he hits the hardest in the UFC, like out of anybody. Um, and you've seen that his last couple of fights. So, uh, and I think this fight coming up is we'll talk about it next weekend, but, uh, this is going to be easily his toughest fight. Cause I think Cyril gone is. That's a good fight. He can I've seen, I've seen some highlights and shit. They, they he do, can do everything at his size. He can grapple, he can kick, he can punch, he can move, he moves like a middleweight and he's 200 and whatever pounds. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do. And I really think, honestly, I think whoever wins this will be Ngannou without question. I think it's just, this is going to be, this is the, this is for the interim belt, but whoever fights Ngannou is going to beat Ngannou. Um, so I'm excited to see it, but other than that, there's nothing else. We'll get into the boxing and uh, we'll go from there. All right. Well, uh, I can't even remember who I picked last week for Joe Joyce and Carlos Tuckham fought. I think I had went out on a, on a limb and picked. I don't, even have it written down, so. I don't know. Either way, I wasn't fucking too enthused about the fight overall. Um, uh, Joe Joyce got a seventh round TKO, but bro, this guy is the, he's got the slowest hands I've ever seen in my life. Um, and they're talking about him possibly getting a fight with Joshua or Fury down the road. Uh, and it's one of these things where honestly, I just, it just seems like a waste of time. Like who gives a shit? He's just so so slow and he's a big lumbering dummy you know what i mean mm -hmm. six six 260 pounds just like uh, guy dude his punches are so slow i can't believe anyone ever gets hit with him that's how slow he punches it's so uh, I, I don't know anyway uh in a lackluster fight uh joe joyce got a, a tko and stayed undefeated um and no one gave a fuck so, um, so this weekend, Connor Ben's fighting again. Um, again, he's not, he's fighting Adrian Granados. Like, who gives a shit? Um, soon Connor Ben keeps beating these guys, you know, 
we'll we'll hear his name up there with some of the other welterweights and hopefully he'll he'll get <clears throat> a fight that is actually interesting because he can fight. Um so I fully expect Connor Ben to win. I'm not gonna break it down though, but um that fight's on this weekend. Um other than that, there's not really a whole lot going on. Like that card that he's on is weak. Um, Shit, man, Tyson Fury and Wilder. Oh yeah. yeah. Campbell Campbell Hatton is fighting again uh on that undercard. So but uh, he's exciting. Again, he's fighting straight bums right now, and yeah. he doesn't even know how to control himself yet. But it's exciting to watch him go out there and fucking throw his hands like a maniac. Yeah. Um, but there's news, though. Um, so uh, Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter have been ordered to um, fight. They got 30 days to finalize a deal. Uh, which I fully expect to get done. Um, Terrence Crawford is going to fucking mop him up. You know, I like Sean Porter. He's why, a, he's a really good fighter. Fight? Huh? Why are they ordered to fight? I feel like that's a very bad matchup. I I think because I, cause I think Sean Porter is a, a mandatory. Or, you know, so, so we're, he's got some of those like meaningless belts or something. Oh. Um yeah, he's got one of those meaningless belts, I think, and that's why he's ordered. Um, Crawford's going to fuck him up. Um, then uh, just yesterday, Jojo Diaz and Bill Haney verbally agreed um, to make Jojo Diaz versus Devin Haney in October and November. Um, again, it's a verbal agreement. doesn't really mean much, but it's cool. At least it's a start. That puts to bed any uh, rumors that Ryan Garcia and Jojo Diaz are going to fight. Um, according to Jojo Diaz, Ryan Garcia is a bitch and he makes shit up. He, was, he said that there's – he said you could put as much stock in Ryan Garcia trying to fight me as Ryan Garcia um, when he said that he was going to fight Manny Pacquiao. He's like, it ain't going to happen. He's just saying stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then the other – Big news is that um, Canelo and Caleb Plant are finalizing a deal to fight September 18th, I think. Um, and so, you know, second weeks is, of September, Canelo is going to be undisputed super middleweight champ. Mm. I think it'll be an exciting fight build up. Then, then it looks like he's going to move up to 175 and fight Bivol, which is fucking mm. insane to me. But, I mean, fuck it, you know. So – there's some good fights coming coming up. Uh, actually, starting in two weeks, um, from, from there, we got three good fights in August, and then September, October, November, and then uh, no matter what happens with Canelo, he'll be fighting again in December. So it looks like for the rest of the year, we got we're gonna have at least one really good fight per month for the rest of the year. <clears throat> cool. All right. Yeah, the boxing's been a little bit light lately, guys, but we're keeping up with it. I'm giving you the good stuff. I'm not talking about these these other, uh, I don't know, just like meaningless stuff. But um, as always, if there's anybody you guys want us to look at, any fighters, fights, anything like that. Actually, actually, no, that's in two weeks or three weeks. Fucking Ooh. Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley. Oh yeah, ninth of August. But anyways. Um, if there's anybody you want us to look at, check over. Let us know. We'll check it out. And then uh, just to recap this weekend, it's a, it's a light card. Not a lot of people I've seen before um, or have watched enough to go, but I'm going to pick Uriah Hall 
with a second round TKO um, over Sean Strickland. And then Sean Strickland will probably fight Brennan Allen next and Brennan Allen will probably piece him up and then go back to the middleweight, get ranked and then go from there. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.